This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. All right, Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Let's start reading from there. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So it starts to establish this. Uh, I'm going to do a series throughout the whole of February now. Yeah, start, I'm going to start now for the whole of March. On the love of God, which is um, called um, agape love. And on Sunday, I will even define what that love is. Because it's not a feeling that you have towards a person. All right? It's not a feeling. In other words, when uh, uh, people among friends say it's a feeling, there are four Greek words that is used to define the word love. And the fourth one is agape. All right. I mean, agape is not, which is the God kind of love, um, is not the attraction that you have between sex between a man and a woman. That's a definition. There is a type of love you find or patriotism towards your country. That's a particular type of love. It's also the kind of love you find within a family setting. It's defined differently. Uh, And then of love you have between a parent and a child. And then you come to agape love. And it is called the God kind of love that undergirds, all right, everything. Now, you don't feel somehow, all right, but it's what is called compassion. Uh, And therefore, that love is consistent, whether to a stranger, whether to somebody who opposes you, an enemy, or whether to a friend, agape love is the same. When you talk about friendship there, it's a different Greek word for love. Agape is a constant, which means it responds in a certain way. Now, if I take this part here and I dance before it, I don't change the nature of the part. Also, no matter how people behave to you, it doesn't change the nature of of God's love in you. Do you get what I'm saying here? It's the love of God. And the key to spiritual breakthrough in life, the key to victory and breakthrough of getting supernatural results in life is to respond with this agape love in the midst of situations. In other words, a decision that you make. Anytime you make a decision prompted by that love in response to what somebody does to you, what somebody says, or the circumstances in which you are in, you respond with what is called agape love. You are going to experience a spiritual breakthrough. 
you are touching the very substance of God on the earth and the very life of God. For God is called agape. When it says God is love, it means God is agape. It says there are three things, hope, faith, and love, which is agape. And it says agape is the greatest of them. You can't work in love and not be working in faith. In fact, faith actually comes into operation, all right, through this love here. So it tells us here that who shall lay anything to the charge, all right? Sorry. If God be for us, who can be against us? All right? Romans chapter 8, verse 32. All right? Who can be against us? And we've got to understand. Uh, it says, if he gave, spared not his son, how won't he with him freely give us all things? And it's when we understand God's love towards us that we know there's no inhibition whatsoever. No inhibition whatsoever, all right, to God blessing you as a person. If there is, if there is no manifestation of the blessing, then the issue has to be with you. And God is eager and trying to correct what is hindering him, all right, from doing what he wants to do. In fact, if a person is doing wrong and the judgment is piling up, which means the person is provoking judgment, God in his mercy will go and look for somebody and nudge on someone to make intercession for that person that they may obtain mercy. And in obtaining mercy, doesn't mean the person continues in what they are doing without any restraint, but there will be no consequence. What it means is that the knowledge that that person needs, that that person doesn't have, all right, which is causing that person to behave in that way, will be granted unto that person in a way that it is easier for that person to respond to God's in obedience than to disobey. Now, if the person persists in that, then God's judgment comes. And that judgment, all right, is to preserve that person from entering into the condemnation of the world. So there is no inhibition on God's part towards um, humanity. So he goes on here and says this. Uh, and this is very important that we understand. Let's go on. Romans chapter 8 here and verse. All right. Who shall anything to the church of God's elect is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that has died. Yea, again, that is risen from the dead. Who is at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Okay? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, so he now talks about separation. We looked at this last week. Shall distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or the sword. Verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for slaughter. It says no, which means... People see us that we are counted 
a sheep for slaughter. It says, no, in all these things that people are accounting or giving an account that we are about to perish, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then verse 38 says, for I am persuaded, Paul said, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principles, nor powers, nor anything present or things to come, shall be able, nor high depth, nor any creature, shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So he tells us that, all right, you only get defeated when you acknowledge wrongly through deception that there is a separation. That is, God somewhere inside his heart is separating himself, all right, from me. And so that separation there, which means you think, all right, that God has forsaken you or God has left you all alone, that is what causes the defeat. What will bring about the victory is an acknowledgement in the face of, all right, warfare, tribulation, whatever it is, an acknowledgement on your own part about the love of God and that the outcome of this thing will exceed in abundant measure anything that you could have asked or thought according to that power that is at work on the inner side of you. So it's the acknowledgement of God's love for you as a person that puts you over. Uh, 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 so it starts with that. That's why it tells us in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22, it says, Lamentations 3 and 22, it says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And the reason is because his compassions fail not. Now, the reason why we are not consumed is because of the mercies of God. And that his compassion towards us just never failed. And we explained what it means, separation, the danger in separation here. Uh, um, you, you, death in the New Testament means a separation, which means a severance of a relationship that actually used to benefit you that can result in outward deterioration in your life. Uh, and so if a person has a relationship with a company organization, all right, that pays them, offers them uh, free health care, offers them, you know, vacation, twice a year, business class tickets, for the, and all of that, there's 
an outward gives them an SUV and all of that. There's an outward appearance. Now, severance from that or with the organization will spell, as it were, death. In other words, you will see a deterioration there in the condition of that person's life. Now, the only way there will be no deterioration, and this is what God wants us to know as the secret of victory. And please, everybody will have to, at some point in their life, learn this lesson. It doesn't have to be with the job. Doesn't have to be. But at some point in your life, you will have to go through this because that's the only thing that gives you independence. That's the only thing that takes, makes you free of the spirit of the Antichrist. Because the number of the Antichrist is 666, which is the number of man. And what that number is saying is that you can't buy or sell, which means no trade if you don't have this mark. In other words, somebody tells you that, it's a person, that I can shut down. And the person is in that position. So shut down your entire business and shut down your entire means of livelihood if you don't respond, all right, to them in a certain way. And that way, all right, puts them in the position of Christ in your life instead of Jesus. In other words, the Antichrist says, I will sit above the stars of God. I will sit in the temple of God as God. So the target is to sit in God's own temple as God, right? And so, you have to pass that test, and you can't pass it with Goliath if you don't pass it with the bear and the lion. Do you get what I'm saying here? So, you will have tests. Are you following what I'm saying here? So, for example, I mean, I've told a story here where we started this church. Financial freedom inside this church came as a result, first of all, of this. And, and well, somebody who, you know, some, I've told some people, I've gone to my office and said, look, we're leaving the church. And so to speak, this person's um, giving and offerings, probably at that time, considered about 60%. This was the first eight months we started the church. All right, 80% of it. And, and the truth about the matter is that, I mean, just to, to, to make a person understand why you can even walk out of love. It's not only, okay, he left. One day somebody came into church, who's a minister today, and came into church and told me. He walked up to me and, and uh, in fact, he invited the person for a faith seminar we used to do in Mosul Center. And I just saw the person in the congregation. Ah, after and I shook him, I said, oh yeah. He said, you know, I didn't know it was you preaching. It was so and so that just told me about a meeting that I should come. And I came. He said, I didn't know it was you. I said, oh, you and all of that. But this person told me that, so he went to a church. He said, he said, when they were in the church, he was in the youth group of the church and he was teaching the youth arm of the church. This person was very young then. He said he always used to tell us a story about a pastor that he knew and a church that he used to attend and that that pastor saved his life. 
And he would tell him about how he was taught a particular principle that he had made a decision that would destroy him and that it was a midweek service. He came, he said, and he heard you don't, you must go out to joy and be led forth in peace. Don't leave wherever you are in offense. And he was going to, he had already resigned from his job, all right, and he went back to the letter and, and, and decided that he won't be offended again. And he said that opened up everything that he had in his life there, all right, to him. So you could have said that the finances that he had, he got you through the anointed in this ministry. Are you following what I'm saying here? And it's not I'm, I'm taking going. He said it himself. So it's a test, which means that you can give birth to an Isaac, but you have to surrender the Isaac. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? I mean, who are still here, when with the finances that he had, he built an entire ward for a hospital in Lagos. Ah, you'll have been sitting down here. You can be angry now. I say, ah, the tide there should have been coming to us. It's our anointing. But, so I'm just trying to tell you that you'll be tested. And when he walked out, it looked like there was a hole. But what God is saying is in Psalm 16 and verse 6, this is what he said. And he wants you to understand the power of worship. Because here is the issue. If death means a severance, life will mean a joining. Do you get what I'm saying here? In other words, if as he walked away, I felt there be a deterioration in the condition, all right, two days later, somebody else walked in who was a billionaire in church and said, God said, that, you know, that's the end. Uh, you get what I'm saying? All right? So, if there's a severance, but what God wants you to understand is you can't be chasing people. He says, what will bring life to you is that in fact, the reason why he does that thing to you and judges and removes that person from you is that you have started shifting your dependency from him to that person. Are you following what I'm saying there? Because every six weeks, he brings a tithe that is in thousands of dollars. So when you are planning, you have planned, projected. I'm being real with you now. Are you following what I'm saying there? Uh, this is a story now, I know, social media, but this is a story, it's a joke. All right? Kenneth Copeland said it once, he said, said a couple of times in church. But some of you are new. If you know the joke, don't start laughing before we finish. <laughs> uh, doing, I, I too know in class. Uh, let the other people too. It's like you are going to tell people a movie that they haven't watched. Uh, hey, let me tell you what happened. You say, don't tell me what happened. Let me watch it myself. So, there was a boat wreck, a shipwreck, and um, people were on an island. And so this gentleman, they were all there and, you know, they were scared. You know, nobody knows we're here. There are no signals and all of this. And, you know, we don't know whether there's a forest here. Animals might come out. You don't know who will come out. And this guy, this particular guy was just confident. Just sat on a tree, was lying down. And I went to meet him. What are we sitting down here? Look, we're all troubled and all of that. He said, what's today? He said, uh, today is Monday. He said, don't worry. By this time tomorrow, all right, we'll be out of here. Ah, man went and went again, went back. Everybody, it got to night. The man was just wrecked. I went back. He said, why aren't you troubled? He said, listen, I told you. Told you? By 6 p.m. on Tuesday, we will be out of this place. Ha! Tuesday came, 12 noon. You are still calm. He said, 6 p.m. They said, he said, so you don't get. He said, he said, listen to me. He said, the secret is, I go to church. I told him first, I go to church. So they came back and said, what does church have to do with them finding us when there's nothing. 
He said, I give my tithe. Pay tithes every Sunday. So the man went, came back again. Went to, he said, what does giving tithe have to do with finding us here? He said, you don't get it. He said, no. He said, my tithe is $10,000 every week. If my pastor doesn't see it, he will come looking. <laughs> Wherever I am, he will come looking. All right, for me. He will find me on this island. All right, so... <laughs> so... So happening. So you can make the calculation. And once you start making that calculation, God says it's time for judgment. Are you following what I'm saying here? He says it's time for judgment. Alright? Because then you look, God was going and says, I'm coming for it. So there's that severance. And what he wants you to do is now, I am the ultimate source of life. If you come back to me, and attach yourself to me, that hole that was created will be filled before, all right, there is any deterioration in your life. Do you get what we're saying here? That's why we say this five-minute instruction, once something happens, just know that if it looks like a manifestation of death, right, run to God for life. So he said in Psalm 16 here, and that's why you become a true worshiper and understand the power of worship. So if somebody threatens you and tells you that, listen, I am telling you here, if you don't do this here inside this office, we're going to sack you. You tell me that I ain't doing it. And then once you say that, you go straight to God's presence, singing in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and worshiping. Because Psalm 16, verse 6, it says, the lines are falling onto me. Let's go to verse 8. All right? It says, verse 8, I've said the Lord always before me is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. And then he goes on, verse 9. Therefore my heart is glad, my glory rejoiceth, my flesh shall rest in hope. And then verse 10, it says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see what? Corruption. He says, You have shown me the what? Path of life. In thy what? Presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures forevermore. That's why he says in Isaiah 49 and verse 13, he says, sing and rejoice. All right? Isaiah 49, 13, but Zion said, sing, be comforted, I will have mercy upon his afflicted. Verse 14, he says, but Zion said, the Lord has what? Forsaken. That things are detached doesn't mean God has left. So, you know when the child walked away and, and that money walks away, then what happens is, what happens is, I mean, it's just like my driver. Because anytime he comes to and he goes, I'll, I'll give him new notes. So, about time, when I looked at it, that this new note thing may not be solved in a long time. Let's keep our, whatever notes you have, let's keep. We'll start transfer. So, I think he had seen me as the source of. <laughs> so, boy. Transfer. He, he wasn't happy with his transfer. <laughs> Alright? So you can easily become dependent on somebody for something. So I, subconsciously without knowing. And God says we severe that and then you come to him, alright, in a place of worship and you begin to worship him and then alright, he injects um, life there into you. That's the same thing that Jonah said in Jonah 2 7. He says, they that observe lying vanities. In other words, you say God has separated themselves from it. He says, but instead of doing that, I will, all right, render them. 
Alright, so the key to it is you must know, alright, the love of God and go straight to God. And therefore, that should also tell you that as you approach God, if you want to feel his presence in your life, you must sing songs about how much he loves you. You see it? Do you see it? It's clear. Can't see that in Jehoshaphat, what were they singing? God is what? Good. And his what? Mercies endure forever. You can see, he says, the Lord is, alright, merciful. Uh, Lamentations 3.22, he says, will have been consumed, alright, if not for the mercies of God. 3.22, he says, we are not consumed because his what? Compassions fail not. So you've got to understand that as you go and worship him, the character there and the nature there is his, that he's compassionate. And we've seen in scripture that Jesus was the express image of his person. And every time that Jesus did things, you'll see the Bible says Jesus was moved with what? Compassion. So if you want to see a move of God in your life, the basis of it is his compassion for you. Do you get what I'm saying? Compassion, for example, if Everything a father or mother does for a child is based on what? Compassion. So you have got to acknowledge the compassion there. See, what you don't acknowledge that exists in the spirit realm doesn't show up in your own personal life. Philemon or Philemon, depending on how you pronounce it. I can say Philemon, say Pastor, what you say? Philemon or Philemon, whichever one it is, verse 6, all right? Verse 6, there's no, there's only as one chapter. That the communication of your faith may become what? Effectual by the what? Acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ. What you acknowledge, all right, forms part of the communication of your faith becomes effectual. Effectual means power in action. So you acknowledge it. So the love of God for you, and that's why the Bible says that we love him because he first did what? Loved us. So God wants you to experience that his love so that you can extend it to other people. So that, so that I, I mean, if you've experienced God's love, you will never under any circumstance say somebody can't get out of a situation. You will never condemn a person. That's, that person is finished. You won't say it. Because you will have gone through things where you two thought it is over and it showed up for you. You will have seen people say that, I don't think you can make it and it showed up for you. Are you following what I'm saying? And when I started, I went to my friends in Unilag. They didn't know I was outside. Before I knocked, they were discussing me inside the room. And they finished me and the church that I'm heading nowhere. Uh, you get what I'm saying? So I had to leave so they don't know I heard then wait somewhere for 30 minutes, then come back when they changed the conversation to knock. Yeah, actually, I was very foolish. I should have just gone back to my own house because when people are talking like that, why are you going to visit them again? You're just being, you're just being emotional. All right? Because you know everything they're telling you is hypocritical. All right? I never discussed it with them. One of the principal persons saying it is abroad now. One day he came to church to a government and said, wow, and I remembered. All right, so God, all right, but you have to know that God loves you. Are, are you following me? Here, I mean, if you go out and go for a job 
and they don't take you. They may not love you, but God loves you. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. If somebody rejects you, they don't love you, but God loves you. You have to know that too. You know why? Because the Bible says that, I was thinking, I said, God, it says, if you can prophesy and you have faith to move mountains and you have not love, it's nothing. I said, God, what does it mean by nothing, nothing? I want to check it. It means you are no one. It's only love that gives you a sense of identity. So Isaac, um, chapter 38, verse 15. I want to show something here. All right, so verse 20, how God wants to demonstrate. So he wants you, you worship him. He wants to show you this love. Uh, and let's just look at it here. And how, how his love is made. He wants to show you, all right, his love. Isaiah 30 and verse 15. Isaiah 30 verse 15, message translation. All right, message translation. Now, this is so good. God is the master, the holy, the holy of Israel, has this solemn counsel. Your salvation requires you to turn back to me and stop your silly efforts to save yourselves. Your strength will come from settling down in complete dependence upon me. The very thing you have been unwilling to do what? To do. So, is Aluta continua? Alright? Now, let's go. Next verse. If it's old time religion, we'll say Satan will bind you. Alright. <laughs> I know one. You have said nothing doing. Which means, I'm not doing anything. So, we'll rush off on a horseback. You'll rush off alright. Just not far enough. You've said, we'll ride fast on horses. Do you think your pursuers ride on old nags? All right, next verse. Think again. A thousand of you will scatter before one attacker. Before a mere five, you'll all run off. There'll be nothing left of you, a flagpole on a hill with no flag, a signpost on a road sign with, no, with the sign torn off. Then it says in verse 18. But God's not finished. He's waiting around to be what? Gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes time to do everything right, everything. Those who wait around for him are the lucky ones. Verse 19. Oh yes, people of Zion, citizens of Jerusalem, your time of tears is over. Cry for help and you will find its grace and more grace. The moment he hears, he'll answer. Now, put up the um, Living Bible Translation, verse 18. There's something I want to show there. Living Bible Translation, verse 18. Yet the Lord, and, and I heard Pastor Deboe, I didn't know the translation. I heard him preach it many years ago. He said, yet the Lord waits for you to come to him. He talked about God conquering him. So he can show you his love. He will do what? Conquer you. 
to bless you. You know what is conquer When you are using your faith, you are have some time. All right? You are what? Tired. That is God that is resisting you. So that he can do what? Bless you. Because he wants you to be so tired that all you can now do, you, can't, you are too tired to leave your room. So you just stay there and worship him. Do you understand what I'm saying? That we've gone out so much, this son has beaten us. Look, nothing is happening. Okay, what he's saying here is you can now stay in your room and do what? Worship me. He says you've been conquered. Just come back now and say, how am I going to start, all right, this project? How am I going to get this next major breakthrough in my life? How am I going to get this next job or this promotion, whatever it is? I will, before I start all strategy session, I will first of all go back to God and just stay there and you know the Bible says, blessed are they in King James that wait for him. Now he's going to do something. So he, you will stay there and start worshipping him and spending time worshipping him, telling him how much he loves you, reading about it, singing songs of his love back there. Alright? He says he will conquer you. Now put it up, the living Bible. He says he will conquer you that he may bless you. Right? There's scripture I have to show there. Okay. He will conquer you that he may bless you. And there's one more thing. All right. The Lord waits so I can show his love. He will conquer and bless you just as he said. So he wants to show you that love. For the Lord is faithful to his promises. Blessed are those that wait for him to do what? Help them. Verse 19. Let's go to 19. Oh, my people, you will weep no more, for he'll be surely gracious to you. At the sound of your cry, he will answer you. Verse, verse, uh, Though he give you the bread of adversity and water of action, yet he will be with you to teach you. With your own eyes, you will see your teacher. Oh, put the message translation. Let me see what it says. Though, message translation of verse 20. All right? Just as the master kept alive during hard times, he will keep your teacher alive and present among you. Your teacher will be right there, local and on the word job. So when he begins to show you love, the first manifestation is he wants to teach you. Do you get what I'm saying here? And then he says, you will hear a word behind this saying, all right, this is the way to go. All right, next verse. All right, behind you saying, this is the way to go. All right, walk down the road. Now, the next verse again, and then he goes on and says, All right, put it up. You'll scrap your expensive fashion gold images, throw them away in thrash as so much garbage. And then it says, uh, let me just read it. All right. You'll throw them away as so much garbage. I'm saying good radiance. Then verse 23, uh, quickly. God will provide rain for the seeds you sow, the grain shall be. Now, so one thing... He wants to get you into, he says, he will give you the rain of your seed. Uh, one thing he starts teaching you now about his own love there, which means 
as we saw on Sunday, he begins to last two Sundays back. He wants you now, even though to experience that love, he now starts ministering to you to begin to think of other people. That's what he teaches you when you are eating the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. There is a conversion he wants to do in your soul. Because when the Bible tells us that he wants to bring us to a place of perfection, all right, the place of perfection is actually the place of love. Let me just quickly show the scriptures here. All right, he wants to bring us to a place of perfection. He says that we might be perfect in him that he might bring in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13. Ephesians 4 and verse 13. I'm just because of time. It says, Ephesians 4 and verse 13, it says that, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ, that we no longer be what? Children, tossed to and fro. Now that perfect man, which is his purpose, Okay, and I'm taught about this, about, you know, becoming perfect in Christ. That perfection there is bringing is actually to bring us into a place of fullness of the love of God. When you have a mature Christian or you have perfection in a Christian, what you actually have is the development of the love of God and that character of love inside um, the soul of that particular person. That's what it calls perfection. If we look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 28, Colossians 1 and verse 28, uh, it talks about him we preach, one in every man, teaching every man, all right, uh, in all wisdom, that you might present every man perfect, he says this, perfect, he says this, in Christ Jesus. But what's this perfection he's saying? This same Colossians chapter 3 and verse uh, 13 tells us, bearing one another and forgiving one another, if any has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so do, so also must you do. But above all things, put on love, which is the what? Bond of what? Perfection. Okay? Or perfectness. Which means, love is the bond of perfection. So when a person begins to mature, so, I, I want to suggest strongly to you that when the scripture talks about God is not willing that any should perish, but they should come to repentance, he's talking about an aspect, he's talking about an aspect of his love that he wants you to learn. In other words, the way and manner in which you treat people. Not necessarily that you are consciously doing something wrong or working in unforgiveness, but he wants you to mature because what he actually wants to bring into your life, the fulfillment of that promise there, uh, it, it will destroy you, all right, if you are not a person, right, that is given to love. That's, even that's the truth. If you are not developed in forgiveness, don't even come near any form of prominent leadership. Are you following what I'm saying here? If you can't forgive, don't even try it now. With all the social media. 
All right? You, I mean, the journey in ministry or leadership is a journey of forgiveness. Are you from here? I mean, people will treat you anyhow they want to treat. I mean, I mean, church is the only place. I mean, really and truly, it's the only place I tell people that you, people, quote unquote, a person can say, like a CEO, has a lot of staff that he did hire. You know, if you hire people, you can say, I want you to be like this. But here, anybody that wants to join is free to join. So somebody can be rude and join and be causing problems. You have to manage all of that. Are you following what I'm saying here? People that are different characters that come with different... You have to manage all of that. The Bible says a man offend not in what is a perfect man, which means that you have to control, you have to do things, you have to... There are things that you go through there. I mean, you... you they're, they're, I mean, the experience that, that you have with people that you just have to walk in love. There are even things that you, you think it is not your business, but God will tell you and nudge you that... You know, it is your business because you are your brother's keeper. I mean, you just may be minding your business. You're not offending anybody. But God says, minding your business is not enough. Other people's business is now your own business. Uh, do you get what I'm saying here? I mean, the good Samaritan, the, the Levites and the priests were minding their business. Uh, they just saw somebody on the road. And you, you can look at it and say, look, I don't want Wahala. i just carry your bamia going. But he went there. He was on a journey. He interrupted his journey. He carried the man somewhere. He paid, all right, uh, uh, for the man to be taken care of. He spotted it. He interrupted. He went and did that. Uh, Abraham heard about, about Lot. And, 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 and he didn't have to go and fight for him. Nobody would have said anything. But he risked, all right, his own stuff there that we must go and develop. So there are things that God, where God looks at. Sodom and Gomorrah really wasn't, I mean, wasn't the business of Abraham. Look, Abraham was the kind of, if it was a, was not, if it wasn't a very right person, he would have said, well, when we were telling him, the boy thought he was smart. Now, if you are not a right type of person, when God told Moses that, look, let me destroy you and bring another nation, Moses was the one that told God, you don't do it. God can be testing you. You to say, yes, uh, kill all of them. I say, look at you. Kill all of them. I mean, that's how you can do. Kill all of them. Bring a new set of people. Moses was telling God, I will put up with these people. So you have to have, the, he wants to develop that love. All right, on the inside of him. Quickly, let me just say this here. And that's really his goal. So what you should be looking at when you are in any given situation here is, where is love's way out of this? I want to do this, all right, with the, with the best way. I want, I want to, you know, you, I want to exercise myself, right, and make sure that I exercise. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10. Let me just show the scripture. Hebrews 2 and verse 10. You want to pass the love test. He says, For it became him who are all things and in bringing, and, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect. Now, you know, love is perfection there. All right? Which means fullness of love through sufferings. So when he wants you, you go through things. What God wants is he wants perfection, all right, to come on the inside of you. That's why he gives you instructions like love your enemies. Do good to them that, 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 um, no, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. All right? And pray for them that despitefully use you. So he wants, he's, he's trying to exercise that particular thing there. In Philippians, he says, the prayer was that our love may abound. 
all right, yet more and more. Now, you can just go ahead with your own self and do things. I mean, for example, for example now, I can get most of my things done with transfer, electronic transfer. Most of the things I do, I can, I can get it done. In fact, in fact, if I have cash in my bag, it's cheap. Which I'm just giving people when I'm going to say, take money. I give you all the cash I have in my life. Maybe 80% of it I give it. I just, I just have the cash I give it. Most of what I do, I do electronic. But there are people that depend on cash. Are, are you following what I'm saying? There are people that depend on cash. Okay? And you may have two, five hundred as, as, now, as hot as it is that there's no Naira note. You have two, five hundred Naira notes and and God ministers to you that that person there, because, I mean, beggars must be having it real bad. No, you're, you're laughing. People don't know that. People, people have it real, real bad. And any policy that the weakest people in society suffer is a bad policy. If the strong people can get away with it, but the weakest people suffer, that policy inherently is bad. There's, there's no sense in that kind of policy. So if the beggar there will, I mean, there are people that buy yam, fry the yam, sell the yam. They, they, that's, that's how they do it. All right? There are local governments, there is no bank. So you can just be walking past a person. You have 1,000 naira, and this person walks because they don't have any money, cash. And it doesn't even occur to you. Do you get what I'm saying? The person comes to the office and the person walks three kilometers because they don't have. And you are walking past that person. And all that person is is 500. And what I'm trying to say is that you say, well, if I knew, eh, why is it the idea of court to you? Do you get what I'm saying here? That it didn't even occur to you that ah, I am walking past people that may actually have these kinds of needs. That means that that love there, all right, and when you're going through things there, that's when God begins. And instead of people getting self-centered, and saying, oh, no, but just thinking about God now wants you, he wants to develop and say, look, I want you to, to that's what I was teaching you, this is the way to go. Start planting seeds into the lives of other people. Uh, start showing compassion and love, all right, to other people. That this is the way out. The way out is actually the way out of your own situation is that you just start helping people. That that is the way out of your situation. And that your teacher will be there so that anytime you want to deviate from it, you will say, this is the way to go walk in it. That the secret there is you worship God and you start helping other people that are in need. And if you start helping other people that are in need, all right, then it says you are going to get the rain of your own seed and it will become fat and plenteous and all of that. So a person can be running around the whole place. That's what he's saying at the beginning. And says, now I want you now you go to God in prayer and say, God, you know, I need to experience your mercy. I need to experience your love in this particular place. And, you know, you can even, you can, and, and God, I mean, we'll get into it. Because when he said, you workers of iniquity, and they were saying, we didn't we prophesy, then we cast out devils. Do you know? Do you know? You can stand as a minister 
to preach to people the word of God. And you are not happy when they get results from the word you preached. You know, it is possible in the human heart. You say, how do you know? What about Nineveh when he went to preach repentance? When they now repented, he was angry. Isn't it your message that brought these people back to God? He was very angry with God and said, I, I knew you were like this. So what, so what are you going to preach there to make sure they all die? And there were children there. They didn't care. To protect my image in ministry, let them all. So you can understand when Jesus said, you worker of what? Iniquity. You will never believe that the person who is preaching for repentance actually doesn't want the people to repent. He wants to leave that place saying that I told you people. I, I, do you get what I'm saying here? So you people, I mean, God, until the love of Jesus Christ is, is perfected on the inside of us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish us in this truth. Expand it within our consciousness. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.